Welcome to A Brighter Day in the Neighborhood with your host, Angela Jones. Presented by Brighter Day Law, listen to the stories of the people who make Colorado Springs a great place to live and make our world better every day. We want to give back to those who give so much to us. Good Sunday morning. It's another Brighter Day in the Neighborhood with your host, Angela Jones, sponsored by Brighter Day Law. And I hope everybody's enjoying this uh, beautiful uh, Sunday. Um, I know Colorado summers are always the very best time um, of year, at least they're my favorite time of year. And if I get a treat for everyone here today, our guest is a very special guest, a, a good friend of mine, Hallie Friedman of Robert Andrews Medical Aesthetics. And um, we've got her in studio today um, in going to uh, have an opportunity to talk with her about the special calling that she has um, to serve the Colorado Springs community. Welcome, Hallie. Hi, Angela. Thank you so much for having me. No, absolutely. I'm just really thrilled that you were able to be with us here um, today. Um, And we had talked kind of uh, before coming into the studio this morning about um, sort of the reason that we do uh, the Brighter Day in the Neighborhood, um, that it all started because I just became, you know, really intrigued with connecting with other professionals um, who are helping professionals um, that are serving in capacities that we don't necessarily think of as helping professionals. And so Robert Andrews Medical Aesthetics, um, you're a nurse, but Robert Andrews Medical Aesthetics is, uh, how do you, how would you describe that business? Well, it's, helps women and men every day feel and look better about themselves and we do all sorts of different treatments to help build up not only their self-esteem but also the way that they feel they look so when they walk you know whether it's a professional level whether it's on a personal level in their relationships whatever level it is that it can help them not only look but feel better about themselves and every day I feel like I'm giving something back. So and I know um, you're a, a nurse practitioner correct? I'm actually a master degree nurse with an MBA, okay. but not a practitioner, All right. but I actually employ and hire the physicians and the PAs that are working with me currently. Okay, so. great. So how did you, so what was your history that, that brought you, one, to the Springs, but also to do this type of work? So it's kind of started when I was really young and I always enjoyed the fact I grew up with five sisters Mm. and so my sisters were always the closest and dearest and dearest in my heart Mm -hmm. and we grew up actually initially in foster homes so it was pretty hard as children and I was next to youngest and so watching my sisters grow up and myself grow up I realized that it seemed to impact them on their appearance because at that point in time in our lives, we weren't built up a lot with our self-esteem. So the beauty industry seemed to be the way my sisters were going, but it wasn't necessarily Mm. the way I was going. So I had a lot of compassion in regards to how much they struggled in their life. And unfortunately, I lost several of them Mm. over the years as they struggled and tried to fit in. And although it wasn't about the way they looked, it was always about the way they felt. And as I kind of went on in my profession, mm. I joined the military and I realized that within the military, I dealt with a lot of women who had a lot of the same type of self-esteem issues. 
Can we talk a little bit more about that? And so you said they they were they working in the beauty industry or was it sort of that 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 ideal, like the the physical ideal or the beauty ideal that was out there that that they seemed to struggle with? So the, I think it would be a combination of both. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely the beauty idea. They were beautiful girls. I mm-hmm. mean, all my sisters were um, very attractive at one point in time. So it wasn't about the look, but they found that the way they looked had everything to do with what they did in regards to their careers and where they went in regards to the um just their lives in general and so they really Mm. struggled in that area and it was something that i felt really um you know deeply about but also within my medical career even when i ran and worked in emergency departments Mm -hmm. the nurses i worked with and the doctors i worked with and the patients i worked with Mm -hmm. for whatever reason it seems as humans that we always seem to go back to and people like to call it vanity yeah but I, I think we all struggle with it. And when I really started looking at it and analyzing it, I realized it wasn't just with humans. It's with animals, too. Mm-hmm. So with my cat, if I shaved my cat, for mm-hmm, instance, mm-hmm. my cat's hiding under the bed as soon as I bring him home. And if you go shave your dog, he's doing the same thing. So why would that be important to those animals? The and grooming, a, you mean. The grooming. Okay. And so as, as an, as, it sounds kind of different, mm-hmm. but they all of a sudden, as far as any creature, we all want to fit in. And mm-hmm. so whether we're in a professional level and we're interviewing for jobs, whether or not we're trying to fit in with um, dating and we're out there and we're single, whether it's male or female, that still seems to play a huge role. And as my family was growing up, it wasn't really where we all sat around and dealt with it. But we were always grooming each other, I think, in a different you. level. Yeah. And so even in the ER, when I was actually an ER nurse, I was grooming my patients. And I realized right. that even prior to some of them passing away in the ER, there were older people and they couldn't see anymore and they couldn't mm-hmm. see what they look like. But I mm-hmm. actually, one, one patient in particular, I always remember mm-hmm. from when I first became a nurse and I, he was really, really sick and his wife would sit on the side of, you know, of his bed every day right. and she'd come and see. And one day I went in there and I just trimmed up his eyebrows and he had hair coming out everywhere and he was kind of a mess. And whatever reason I decided I needed to, you know, not only was right. I taking care of him and giving him his IV meds and everything, I really just wanted to take care of him. And his wife started crying because she hadn't had anybody who felt that you know who did anything like that for him and she wasn't able to do that for him and for whatever Mm. reason it really touched my heart because even at the later stages of life right and he ended up passing away probably like within a week after that relationship occurred and she came to me Mm. and just was like I can't believe somebody did that for him And it was just one of those things. She goes, I couldn't do it for him. My children didn't do it for him. But the fact that you came in without knowing him and you did that for him. And I don't know. I still want to cry about it because it really touched my heart. Well, that's very, I mean, it it, it is really touching. And I think it's, um, you know, that's, you know, been my observation of you is that you're really, I mean, you're you're making me want to tear I know, it does. (laughs) Um, My observation of you has been that that is exactly why you, are doing what what you're doing it's you know mm-hmm. to to give you know very tangible care mm-hmm. um to people and you know and i don't know you know is it vanity isn't it vanity probably some amount but i think for me um when we go and take you know get a shower get our hair cut you know go to an aesthetic center you know to get botox or take care of veins or you know go get plastic surgery whatever it is we you know decide or choose to do i think it really is about self-care 
a lot of times for people. Absolutely. You know, that it's, you know, people have maybe deferred that self-care for whatever reason for a period of time. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. And I noticed that even within my practice, I've had more women cry in my ch- in the chair that they're sitting in when they tell mm-hmm. me why they're there. Because I always sit down in a chair and I ask them, why are you here? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's because they've been widowed and they're now single. Mm-hmm. They never expected that. They've lost children sometimes. And whatever mm-hmm. it is, sometimes loss, whether it's within a marriage, whether it's within the family, whether it's relationships, you know, mm-hmm. it, it seems to really impact the way they see themselves. Mm-hmm. And so in sometimes it's losing a job, you know, mm-hmm. and knowing that, oh, I'm 50 years old and I'm competing with somebody who's 25 years old. They have more, you know, the same education, but now I'm competing against them and who's going to get this job. And so a lot of women will come in and they're really afraid sometimes. They're worried about whether or not they're employable and that helps them feel better. And I can't say that I haven't been more as equally fulfilled doing this as I was working in the ER. So you have been as equally fulfilled or more fulfilled? I would say this? probably more fulfilled. I loved them both. Right. They're just a different kind of fulfillment. You're still helping every single day and I'm and I help I feel like I'm making a difference every single day in both men and women's lives. And so I'm really impressed with how many men come into my practice now as well for the same exact reasons that women were coming in. Well, and and let's talk about that. Like when somebody does come in and you gave a variety of of examples of like, you know, when a person might come in and, and, you know, ask for you to, you know, um, work with them or what have you. What impact, what differences do you see from like when they first walk in to when they're, you know, completing their services or packages? Well, I would say the biggest impact is obviously they're happier. Mm-hmm. So you're giving, and, and it just sounds so. I, I mean, for me, I really struggled with this because I was struggling with the self care versus the physical care of a patient. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether or not I'm helping somebody who's had a heart attack or whether I'm helping somebody with their um, physical needs. And as you said, their self care is huge no matter at what part and place and time you're in your life. You know, whether you're struggling with your weight, we help with that. You know, whether you're helping. You know, some people have excessive hair. Some people have scars. You know, some people are injured in the battlefield. And when I was in the Air Force, I saw a lot of that because I was a battlefield nurse. And so some of the injuries that they actually went through can be fixed. And they can. some of the scars can be, you know, reduced. And some a lot of times mm-hmm. they feel better about themselves. And so I would, I, you know, it's the most fulfilling job I've ever done because they get to come back and see me in the ER. And they never wanted to come back and see me. We don't want to see them come back to the ER. Right. But I love them when they come back into my practice. So it sounds like you're building relationships then with the people who come to see you now as well. Definitely. Definitely. I probably have made more friends and more relationships than I've ever made in my entire life. So um, I have a really um, personal sense of pride because I have the loyalty and I must be doing something right. You know, right. and that makes me feel good about myself, I guess. Right. <laughs> You're listening to um, A Brighter Day in the Neighborhood on KPPF. And today, our very special guest is Hallie Friedman. So, um, if you don't mind, I'd like to talk a little bit more about your military service. There's a lot of military folks who come to Colorado's, uh, you know, Colorado Springs, especially. Is that how you landed in Colorado Springs? Exactly how I landed in Colorado Springs. So I got stationed here at one point in time, and that's actually when I got into flight nursing. Mm. So I was prior enlisted and did computers initially, and Mm. then got my nursing degree along the way. And one of my very first duty assignments was here after becoming an officer in Colorado Springs, 
but I've loved Colorado Springs. And so I did a three-year tour here, went back out to D.C., and then this is where I decided to come back and retire. And your family's here as well? They are. Yeah. Some of my family. So, most, yeah, most of my family's in northern Washington State. Yeah, because I understand you um, have a new grandbaby. I do. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, and she's adorable. <laughs> right. Well, and it's amazing just looking at you to imagine that you would have a new grandbaby, but I think your youngest just graduated from high school recently. Is that right? That's correct. Right? Yes, during COVID. I so. know that this past year has been kind of crazy with the COVID. Yeah. I think you're youngest graduated from high school as well. she did yeah chloe graduated this year and um you know they're they're getting ready to i mean i think it's really fantastic how you know things have begun to open back up and um you know the kids are going to be able to go to college and actually attend in person um but i was thinking you know when we were sitting through the graduation ceremonies and you probably had one um with your daughter as well um the superintendent was talking about just how how much resilience that the kids had had um been able to develop because of these circumstances this past year and that really struck me um in terms of you know how oftentimes we not to discount bad okay at all but how often people can miss how much good how much resilience how much caring um that comes out of that type of adversity you know um it which you know kind of leads me back around you know to this idea that that you were you and your sisters were kids in foster care and then ultimately you ended up, you know, as a military officer with a master's degree running this aesthetic center. So, like, what are your thoughts on all of that? I really, my thoughts are is that your beginnings don't necessarily um, dictate where you end up. Mm-hmm. It all comes from your heart. It comes from your determination and it comes from your per- perseverance. And it mm-hmm. also comes from the opportunity that are put in front of us Mm -hmm. and our ability to actually do something with those opportunities. I think oftentimes in life we get opportunities and we let them pass us by. And I felt really fortunate and blessed in the fact that I was given an opportunity. I made a decision to join the military when I was 17 years old, Mm. not necessarily making the same decisions that my sisters made. And my sisters made different decisions that didn't actually work out as well for them. My youngest did well, mm-hmm. but my older ones made some you know, poor decisions because of their own self-esteem issues. So, well, And also the experiences that you guys encountered in foster care. And yeah, it was that led you to foster care, I'm sure. Exactly. Yeah, that wasn't always a great place, but mm-hmm. I personally always saw the sunshine in my life and I always could find it and I think that you're born with some of that I think a part of it's the people you influence yourself with Mm -hmm. and also your surroundings so I I don't know I just always felt like I was born with a really good heart and it was Mm -hmm. different than other people I've met so Mm -hmm. I love giving back and that's what I love doing in my practice it's never been about the money in fact, I'll probably never be rich because I love to give more than I take. <laughs> so you, you were talking about the opportunity. So how did the opportunity to join the military come up for you? So I had a girlfriend of mine who was dating a guy who mm-hmm. was stationed at Fairchild Air Force Base. And I got... Where's that? That's in Spokane, Washington. Okay. Oh, that's how... Okay. Yeah. There's the Washington yeah. connection. And I'd okay. never been on a military base before. Mm-hmm. And so she brought me with her to meet this guy. And when I was out there, 
I looked around and, and they were living in the dorms and it mm-hmm. seemed like an anomaly to me because I was like, they pay for this? <laughs> they pay for your room and board? They right. actually pay for your food? And they actually <laughs> clothe you? And I was like, well, I'm all in. <laughs> right, right. And they pay for your education. <laughs> so, right. yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a way to serve your country, but it's also, um, I think a lot of people who have joined and decided to stay in, it ended up making a huge difference for their families in the future and what the opportunities I was able to give my children as well. So mm-hmm. that's been really an exciting adventure. Plus, I've never felt more fulfilled, and I loved serving in the Air Force. So I served 20 years between active duty and reserve. So, so what did you do initially? What was your so first job? My first job, I was stationed in Germany, and I was a computer operator. So back then, we had big paper tapes, and we had big reels, and we did not even have small computers. IBM, hmm. Microsoft. Microsoft, Microsoft wasn't even around, and the internet didn't exist. Right. So about three years into my military career, a lot of that started happening. So I got picked up and became an instructor for the Air Force for information systems three years into my career. And at that point in time, we started looking at small computers. And so that was kind of a cool transition. It's really neat to see where um, computers have gone <laughs> since I started. It was funny. I was talking with someone actually a little bit earlier today and was explaining um, that my work study job in college was working in the computer lab at the university where I was. And um, at that point in time, and we're talking about eh, early 90s time frame, um, it was all Mm MS-DOS. And so everything was word processing. And the, the internet was a thing, but it was this very mysterious you know, sort of a thing. And, um, you know, nobody really researched anything uh, on the internet. We couldn't find anything. It wasn't out there yet. (laughs) There was was nothing there. And I mean, this was in the, this was in a a, a similar timeframe, maybe five years prior to that, there were no cell phones. Like I remember following um, the time when I worked in this work study, um, when I went to, when I went to law school, uh, you know, we didn't have cell phones. Like I, I wasn't even, I was joking around. It wasn't even important enough to have a pager, you know, like if something yeah. had happened, uh, you know, with my son while I was in school, they would have called the law school main office, I guess, and come and got me out of class. I don't remember how people got a hold of us. I, I don't think that's my whole thing. When, when my husband first got his first cell phone, it was, you remember like the ones that came and the cans looked like army ammo one. cans or yeah, whatever. It was a yeah. big block. And so he brings it and puts it in the car. And I'm like, who needs to call you in the car? <laughs> Nobody needs to call you in the car. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it is amazing how much, you know, even in that short span of time, technology has changed. But what I find is really interesting, so how does a girl go from doing that, which was a very uh, different type of career field for a woman at that time, it was a new career field period, but you know, it kind of that to getting into nursing? So that's kind of an interesting question because I really never aspired to be a nurse. It wasn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do mm. um, at one point in time. But um, at that point in time in my life, I became a single mom with a one mm-hmm. and a five-year-old. And mm-hmm. at that time, the internet, I remember just being having the new ability to send emails, and that was foreign. Mm-hmm. But I was looking at my life and, and thinking, that's no career. I have no future in this. I can't raise my children like this. So let me go and see if I can go. And so I started taking college classes, a lot of them in computers, went to a counselor, and based upon the classes I'd taken, they said, why don't you take this test? And so I took a test. 
dust. And they said, you ever think about going into nursing? And I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, well, and I said, well, let me go ahead and apply. So I went ahead and applied. They were only taking so many applicants and I got picked up. And honestly, the first year in nursing school, I wanted to know what I was doing there. (laughs) And then I realized that they were all processes, just like Mm -hmm. information systems. And so I could understand that. Mm -hmm. But that lovey feely warm stuff wasn't where i was at at that point in time in my life it was always a part of who i was right but i didn't put that together with who i was going to be and then over the years i realized that was who i was always supposed to be i wasn't supposed to be sitting in front of a computer in fact i can't sit still long enough to sit there (laughs) (laughs) so well i think that's really interesting what you're talking about this idea that that becoming you know i mean and i think that's something you know, just in knowing what I've learned about difficult life circumstances or, um, you know, outwards. I mean, even things like the pandemic hitting or trauma, different kinds of things that can cause us to make adaptations in how we live our lives. And that starts to make us think this is who we are. And the reason I'm, I'm sort of thinking this through is very much what you do at Robert Andrews helps people with that integration process does that make sense to you 100 percent. yeah like mm-hmm. will you talk about that a little bit more from your perspective then well i guess it just depends on what place and time in their life and so at different you know i have different ages of patients as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. so they stem from anywhere from their early 20s which i surprised me when i first started my practice mm-hmm. because i wasn't expecting to see these young ladies because their skin is perfect they don't have any wrinkles mm-hmm. you know but they still find something you know whether it's sometimes it's just a mole on their face so it can Mm -hmm. be simple Mm -hmm. is that but then i go all the way into i have patients and i love these these are my favorite ones are the ones who are in their mid-80s and when every time they walk in the door i'm so happy to still see them (laughs) (laughs) but it blows me away that you can be 80 and they still want to look their best you know whether it's for their spouse whether it's for themselves whether and sometimes it's being you know in Mm -hmm. their daughter's weddings or their granddaughter's Mm -hmm. weddings by Mm -hmm. that time but those are my favorite patients are the the ones that have aged a little bit and I love them all in between but it's really interesting the transition of women in their 50s is always interesting too because I find that anywhere from 40 to 60 is my greatest lar- largest client base yeah preach I'm there <laughs> yeah and I think that's when women start really struggling and men with what's going on with just how their appearance may be changing how they feel about themselves. When there are hormonal changes that take place during that time frame, too. Correct. That, if, that, you know, kind of like one day you wake up and you're like, whoa, what just happened? Or Correct. Like, who is that? <laughs> yeah. Well, they're you looking know. in the mirror and they don't see themselves anymore. And so sometimes right. giving them a little piece of what they used to see themselves like mm-hmm. sometimes helps them strive to be somewhere, you know, just makes them feel better. And it also makes them strive to do better because they're not done with their career at 40. They're not done no. with their career a lot of times at 50. But they're trying to figure out what's my next step and where am I going to go and how do I get there? So, so is it really the confidence piece more so? I mean, I kind of, like you know that that feel better you keep coming back to you're helping them feel better or look their best or or get you know back a little bit more of who they are is it really that confidence piece that oh it's huge confidence the is the main huge. thing or is there some other some of it is d- 
definitely without question confidence. Mm-hmm. Some of what I do, we actually do health um, because of health reasons right. also. So there are some things that can be problematic in a person's life, even if I'm doing infusion therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, some I've had actually a number of patients who are have just gone through chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they're losing their hair and they don't know what, I mean, there's a lot of things going on with them with their skin physically. And there's some things that I can still do that are safe for them, even while they're going through those processes. And I've had a number of those patients as well. So I, you know, for me, I'm always like, well, if I was going through that, how would I feel? But I'm not really identifying with how I would feel because I wouldn't even have an idea of how they would feel. And so when Mm -hmm. they're crying and they're struggling and they feel unattractive to their spouse Mm -hmm. because everything seems to be falling apart or they've had their breasts, you know, removed because of of breast cancer, Mm -hmm. those little tiny little things that you can do and give back helps them with their self-esteem self helps them with their confidence Mm -hmm. without question and it's always wonderful when i see them beat the battle that they're fighting well and i think it's um you know as i've even gotten to know you better here today um and we've we know each other pretty well um you know just the 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 your ability to um, connect with people where they are at so many, you know, various junctures, like, you know, um, and what I'm, you know, thinking of now, like you said, you became a single mom when you were relatively young. And so you've even walked through that process. And so I would imagine that helps you to connect with people that are in that type of a transition, whether that's men or women or, Yeah, I would say that, you know, not only have I suffered some loss, a lot of loss at Mm -hmm. different times in my life, so I can definitely relate to that Mm -hmm. on an emotional level. Um, It's definitely transitioning, as I said, with single mom, trying to find a new partner, Mm -hmm. going through divorce, Mm -hmm. whatever. It's difficult. And it's, you know, we're not always at our best when we're doing it. And then what's really interesting, and while we were talking, I was thinking about it, social media, right? Right. Let's talk about that. We're all on, on camera. all of us and with covid they're on zoom and so that's where i've seen a really big transition in my industry Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. people are looking at themselves all the time so why is that important Mm. because every day we look in the mirror and we brush our hair let's hope right right (laughs) well and i know you know even you know even today here while we're doing um this radio program you know we're we've got video running you know so that um we can have web content and that's huge i mean anymore i mean it used to be you know get an ad in the magazine or you know go show up here and there but now it's like you know that that social media presence that people want to be able to, you know, go onto your website and, you know, take a look at who you are and, you know, what you're doing across the spectrum. I think it's, that's actually really, really huge. Speaking of websites, um, do you have some contact information for our listeners in case they would like to get more information about um, your business and the types of services you could offer? Absolutely. It's www.robertandrewsmedical.com. And um, Holly, do you have any special offer that you could um, provide to our listeners today if they were to give you like the code Brighter Day? Absolutely. They can definitely come in and they can get automatically $25 off any service that they're looking for, whether it's just a basic facial to help the hydration of their skin because we live in Colorado, right? or whether it's maybe even Botox or filler. It just depends on what they're looking for. So if it's something more um, aggressive than that, we could always have a personal conversation and I'm always willing to work with them, especially if they mention that they were on the, uh, they listened to you on this show. 
All right. Well, we really appreciate your time here today. Um, And I just appreciate the commitment that you have um, to the people that you serve. Because, I mean, I happen to know, um, you know, based upon, you know, experience in in sending people to you. And um, you also, I think the first time I met you, I was doing the laser. You were. (laughs) I was doing laser hair um, for my my legs. And I've got to tell you, that was life-changing for me because I will you know everybody has this thing they hate to do and some people it's washing dishes other people it's folding clothes I hated to shave my legs and so now I don't have to yeah um and it's really I don't know it's that those little kind of things that can be just really huge but little time freedom sometimes absolutely as well. absolutely some of us need it more than others and comfort and, and comfort, comfort for me exactly so, but thank you so much for uh sharing yourself and your time with us here today Angela thank you so much for having me This has been A Brighter Day in the Neighborhood, presented by Brighter Day Law. Heard every Sunday at 11 a.m. on KPPF, 98.5 FM, 1040 AM, and 95.7 FM. Listen to the companion podcast on Podbean. Brighter Day Law are an experienced and qualified team of divorce and family law attorneys. Their aim is to help you get through that emotional and challenging time of divorce and other family disputes. The mission of Brighter Day Law is to compassionately help families resolve their disputes with personalized legal representation while keeping the best interest of the entire family at heart. Their attorneys handle all kinds of family law cases, including child custody, divorce, high asset divorce, mediation, and alimony. Brighter Day Law, compassionate counsel in dark and stressful times, 225-4493 or at brighterdaylaw.com.